can light that star in San Marcos. It's a Bobcat winner and a repeat Sunbelt Conference Championship for the Bobcats. Right down the middle, struck him out. As the Bobcats have knocked off the top-ranked team of the country in their house. Hey, it's another episode of the State Set Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Freeman. Now, again, normally on the podcast, we visit with the current student-athletes here at Texas State. Our guest last week, Colin Benson with Bobcat Men's Basketball. Great story to tell. Colin, the first-year transfer out of Army, played his first year of uh, college basketball at West Point, New York. Had a chance to talk to him about his experiences and basic training. His uh, transfer back home to Texas, of course, uh, originally from Austin. His mom, Vicki, a great uh, high school basketball coach at Westlake, so a great story to tell. And um, so, again, usually we like to tell those stories on this podcast. But in this one this week, we're visiting with a former student athlete turned coach, and now he's back home. That is Barrick Neely, who is a tremendous quarterback, arguably the best in the history of Bobcat football, 2003 through 2005, led Texas State to a Southland title in that senior year of 05, and then a deep playoff run all the way to the FCS 1AA National Semifinals. After his uh, playing days, got into playing professional football, um, played in the Canadian League, uh, and then he got back into coaching uh, most recently recently at UTEP, but now he's back home in St. Marcus as a running backs coach at Texas State. We welcome him on to the podcast now. Barrick, again, welcome back to St. Marcus. How are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. It's so great, you know, to be talking with you, Barrick. Um, I, I, you and I, you know, had a chance to, um, you know, interact with one another uh, back in the day, in the mid-2000s, you know, when you were playing and a little bit uh, recently as well during your time as a coach at UTEP as we kind of reflected on, you know, the, the, the that great 05 team. Uh, is, isn't it crazy for you to think that, you know, it was 20 years ago now that you were back here playing? Yes, it's, it's very surreal right now. It's been a long time, um, something I've always dreamed of coming back to this place it's a place my wife and i our kids they love this place um so yeah i'm just super grateful for coach kenny for making it happen let's kind of go through that process a bit here you know barrick and coach kenny's done a great job of reaching out to, to those that have been a part of the success of this program before trying to reestablish that here which they certainly did this past season but namely bringing back david bailiff you know is um, uh, as a part of the coaching staff, and he didn't want to stop there. You know, knew of the, of the names that kind of made Texas State football what it was back in the day, and certainly your name is at the top of that list. So, uh, but you, of course, you were at UTEP, you know, on their coaching staff, you know, previously. So, um, take me through the process of what it took to get you from El Paso back to San Marcos. Well, um, you know, funny story. You know, I've, I honestly, I, I had an opportunity to um, to come back with Spavitol staff that last year. I just felt like things weren't aligned, um, so I decided, you know, not to take the job. Um, and you know, unfortunately, out in El Paso, 
you know, Dana Demo was let go in December. And um, I knew I would be okay, but I wasn't expecting a call from Coach Kenny. Um, you know, I had been talking to multiple schools about an opportunity. All of a sudden, I get a phone call from Coach Kenny. And, um, you know, obviously, I had been tracking all the excitement around the team and the city and the university all year. Um, and I knew, you know, right away that he could have called. I mean, I knew of five people um, personally that, that, that wanted this job. Um, so for him to stand on the table for me and want me to come back and be a part of this, that was really all I needed to hear. Um, it was a no-brainer. Um, just a lot of excitement. Great time to be a Bobcat. Um, you know, and I expressed to him, I, you know, I just I just want to help in any way that I can and be a small part of what he's doing. Um, and, um, you know, everything was aligned and the icing on the cake was – you know, David Bailiff having an office two doors down. I mean, I walked in the building day one and walked by his office and looked to my left, and it was, I mean, it was a special feeling. Um, I was overjoyed um, to see him, and it's amazing, man. I mean, you know, we talk every morning. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it's an unbelievable feeling. Obviously, you were invested in, in UTEP. You know, that was your job. You were on the staff there. You put a lot of you know time and equity you know at El Paso. But I can't help but think that you know you you kept an eye, kept an eye on what was happening here. You know, after your playing days and during your time coaching at UTEP, and and you see from afar what was going on this past season. You know, the program um, has done some good things since your playing days, but it's really, it's really been kind of pockets of success and not sustained. Um, and at this level, you know, had yet to go to a bowl game. They had, you know, uh, they've been bowl eligible, but had yet to go, you know, and then exactly. uh, you know, the previous couple regimes just quite, just couldn't quite get it done, you know, but then coach Kenny comes in and kind of takes things by storm that, that opening win at Baylor really set the stage for what was a special season wound up going seven and five in the regular season, getting that elusive bowl invite and then, you know, winning that bowl game um, emphatically over rice in front of a great crowd in Dallas for you from afar, before you took this job, um, what would, what did you make of the season you were witnessing with what Texas State did? Well, first and foremost, I mean, I, I was truly the team's number one fan. Um, I mean, I watched, I probably caught every game. If it wasn't live, I went back and caught the replay. Um, you know, although I was out far west, there was a sense of you know, um, there was something in the air. Um, I knew the kind of um, the caliber of talent that Coach Kenny had brought in. Um, you know, a lot of those players I knew just from recruiting. So I knew personally he was putting together something special. So I felt like it was important for me to kind of see it. You know, I kind of wanted to see it unfold, um, you know, not knowing what was going to take place in December. Um, but this has always been a special place. I think we all know that. Um, you know, I thought it truly started with the quarterback play. I mean, they went out and got a, a big-time player. Um, I think that's something that you have to do when building a program. And then all the other little pieces started to come together. You know, I was kind of watching the ticker. You know, oh, that defensive lineman committed. 
that linebacker, oh, that dude can play. You know, I was I was trying to get him to Utah. You know, so that started to unfold. And it didn't take long, man, to kind of sit back. You know, I would tell my wife, Tiffany and I, we talk all the time, like, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen here at UTEP, but we got to find a way, you know, after our bowl game to get to their bowl game. So there was a lot of excitement and it was kind of trickling out West, you know, um, you know, I played with some phenomenal guys that are truly diehard Bobcats and they, they are, they live all around, all around the state. We talk all the time. Um, So there was a sense of pride, you know, I had, plenty of three-way calls and Zoom calls with groups of guys. And, I mean, the excitement was just unbelievable. But, you know, that's a testament to Coach Kenny and, you know, building a championship culture in, in such a short period of, period of time. And he has a great staff, too, man. I, you know, all those guys, man, Leftwich and Shoe. I mean, those guys offensively, you know, I've been knowing those guys. So I knew what I was coming into. Um but just, just, you know, I hadn't been here long, but just to kind of see how they work day to day, the bonds, the friendship. I mean, there's not, it's not a lot of egos walking through this building. Man. These guys know how to work together. And I'm, I'm excited to be a small part of them. Yeah. You know, uh, you're the running, you're, you're the running backs coach here at Texas State. <laughs> yes. And we'll get to that in a second. Um, certainly, you know, the position you're most familiar with, yours quarterback and and I mentioned that again arguably the best quarterback in the history you know of this program um, and I know that you're humbled when you hear that but you look at what what, what happened this past year with TJ Finley and this was one of the great quarterback seasons ever at Texas State, up there with yours you know back and back in your day and certainly you know five and as we record this podcast TJ on social media just announcing he's returning you know, this coming year um, you said you would watch the games if you could live if not go back and watch the replay so you had a chance to to watch and evaluate TJ Finley what were your impressions of what he did this past season First and foremost, he's a big guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, 250 pounds. I mean, you know, I was two, two, 215, 220. So to see a guy moving around in a pocket like that and deliver the football at that size is, is, is pretty phenomenal. Um, I thought he did a, a great job. I mean, year one, I mean, to me, it seems like he, he bought in fairly quickly. And, um, you know, made the most of his opportunities. You know, we had some games in there that we kind of, some opportunities that we let slip by. But, I mean, when you're bringing in a lot of transfers, new players, year one, people don't realize how hard it is to kind of shift the culture. So, for me, on the outside looking in, I mean, I, I was – I was blown away because that doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I was at a program where it took us four years to kind of, kind of, kind of get it going in the right direction. So um, that just doesn't happen in our profession often. Um, but I thought I thought TJ did did a hell of a job, hell of a job. As I mentioned, you know, you're the running backs coach and another player that had had announced he's coming back did so a little bit earlier than TJ did. Ishmael Mahdi, 
you know, a guy that was heavily under-recruited out of high school, you know, goes to Houston Christian and lights it up, you know, with, with the Huskies, decides to transfer, comes to Texas State, and kind of took not only this program by storm, but he was among the, the nation leaders in all-purpose yards, tremendous returner, you know, a great running back, and just a guy with a ball in his hands can do so much. How excited are you to get the chance to work with him this coming year? Well, you know the saying, man, great players make great coaches, and it's not the other way around. Um, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, we, we talk quite often, past couple weeks or so. Um, from what I hear, he's a phenomenal person. You know, everyone sees him on Saturdays lighting up the scoreboard and um, bursting through the line of scrimmage and all these big plays. But off the field, I hear he's first class. Um, and my, I could tell from my first conversation with him um, that he has a great head, head on his shoulders. He's a team player and he wants to improve and wants to get better. I'm just so thankful and fortunate that he's going to give me that opportunity to coach him. Um, so I'm excited to hit the ground running with this. Um, like you said, tremendous talent, but he's he's even a greater person. So I can't I can't wait to meet him. I hadn't met him in person yet. Um, our guys report on the 14th, so I look forward to that. You know, Barrick, I watched this past season unfold, and um, obviously the success was so, so fun to witness. And the atmospheres in all the games were incredible. You know, Bobcat fans, the first two games of the year on, on the road, not far trips to go, Waco, San Antonio, but they showed out to both Baylor and UTSA. And then the home games, you know, um, the, 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 the uh, biggest – uh, average attendance in stadium history. And then the game itself in Dallas, the first responder bowl, you shatter the previous bowl record at that stadium by almost 12,000 fans, drew more fans at that game than SMU did at any home game this past year. And I see the trophy presentation and fans storm the field. I could not help but think back to the 05 year when you guys, you know, beat, beat Sam Houston and, and, you know, to win the Southland championship game, when you beat Georgia Southern in that wild come from behind win in the opening round, when you beat um, uh, in Cal Poly in the, in, the, in the next round, fans were storming the field every game. Did you have a similar reaction as I did? Did that take you back a bit to your days? Most definitely. Um, I think it, it, it really truly hit me. Um, after the game, you know, getting on social media, seeing all of the pictures and um, different people, friends and strangers, people I didn't even know. I mean, just seeing all the, the pictures that, that they were taking and videos. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, it kind of gave me gave me goosebumps. Um, but you know what? This university, this community, kept thinking to myself, we, we deserve that, you know, we deserve it. Um, but, you know, I think it's something that we, we, we cannot take for granted. Um, you know, next year is not promised. You know, I tell people all the time, didn't it, didn't it feel good, you know, packing up the family, hitting the road to Dallas and, you know, um, all the little TikTok videos and, you know, all that's great, but, you know, Coach Kenny wants to improve on that. You know, he understands and gets that, understands that we have to, we have to do more. You know, it's going to take everybody involved from donors to boosters to, 
you know, students. Um, it was a great feeling, but we, we definitely want to elevate that. You know, we, we want that feeling every single year. We want to win a conference championship, and that was truly the selling point to coming home. I mean, we sat down, and Coach Kenny said, Barrick, you thought, you know, if you thought we had a great year this past season, he said, just wait. We're going to win the conference championship. So, super excited. You, you mentioned the road trip, you know, to uh, to Dallas and, and the social media response. And I'm seeing, you know, um, Chase Watson. Uh, I'm seeing Thaddeus Watkins. Yeah. I'm seeing Damian Williams. David Simmons, who I keep in yeah. touch with. You know, some of those guys in the 05 team. Some of the more recent players, you know, Sean Rutherford, uh, Mike Rackpo, uh, Brady McBride, you know, um, Tyler Vitt. So I, I see what playing at Texas State really meant to the, the former student athletes here and what their connection is to, to the university all these years later. Just how special is that bond between, you know, a student athlete and this university, even when you're done playing? Man, I, I tell people all the time, it's a, it's a really large networking community. But the community itself is, is super small, right? It, it's tight-knit. Like, we're really brothers. Like, whether you play with me in 05 or or with Sean or with, um, you know, even prior to me with Spurgeon, with, you know, Michael Langford, you know, the, you know, the old championship teams. I mean, we're truly a family. Um, we truly love one another willing to help each other. I mean, that, that, that's what it's all, all about. I mean, we're, we're standing on each other's shoulders, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and that was my message to, to those guys this year. Like, just just know there's a lot of men that, 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 that came before you that, you know, worked hard and went out and battled, blood, sweat, tears, you know, and you're reaping the benefits of not only that, but your hard work. And that's what it's about, man. It's about leaving a legacy, helping the guys before you and after you. So we have a good group of people, really good players that are good people that really want to be involved, really want to help. Um, I think that's what's special about Texas State. You know, it's kind of a cliche around the country. People use that term all the time, networking and this and this. But it's something special about our tight-knit community. Um, it, It truly is. But... You know, like I said, we deserve it, man. We got a got a cool president. Um, president Danfis is, I mean, he's he's all over the place. Um, you know, I met him um, this past weekend, and I mean, it wasn't even 20 minutes after our conversation. I mean, he's sending me text messages back and forth and videos of his family, and I mean, it's just um, it's a special place. So um, we've been through a lot as a university. We've been through a lot, um, but tough times don't last. Tough people do, and you know this is just just part of the next phase. And I'm grateful for 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 Don Coryell who's doing an unbelievable job, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, and when I say that, I really mean it, because um, I know. Um, and like I said, you know, making the hiring of of of. of Coach Kenny and the staff. I mean, it's just um, we're headed in the right direction, man. And it's super exciting. I'm glad to be a part of it, man. 
Yeah, the leadership is in an incredible yeah. position right now. The three Absolutely. guys you just mentioned, right? Them, those yeah. are the those are the the the, the front men, you know, of the university. Yes. Your athletic director, your president, you know, your head football yeah. coach, and all three are all, you know, moving in the same direction, you know, right now. And you said something earlier about you know reaping the benefits. And, you know, I know I keep referencing the 05 year, but it's so important to the history of this program. And I firmly believe this, that I don't think Texas State University and Texas State football athletics would be where it is today without the success of the 05 team. For one thing, during that playoff run, you're on national TV, you know, every week. So people, so the brand is getting out there. The success that you had, you know, I think really uh, caught the attention of people that, uh, you know, Texas State, you know, th- th- they can do something really special there. And it was uh, three years later, another uh, Southland Championship was won. Three years after that was the invite to the FBS, um, you know, the whack and the, that litter turned to the Sun Belt. And I don't think any of those steps happened without the 05 team of what they did. Do you believe that to be true? Well, first off, thank you for those kind words. You know what? I think if you if you asked a lot of my teammates, I think we truly understand that. Yeah, maybe we had something to do with it, but I don't think it it, it truly started with us. Um, I think there are a lot of a lot of great teams prior to us. Um, I just think you know we all came in at the right time you know the name change was going on um you know coach bailiff had just come back and similar to what coach kenny is doing right now coach bailiff was doing that several years ago you know if you look back he brought in some transfers that kind of got the program shifted and on the right track and um i like to say that we we had something to do with it but it was a process you know, it was a process. Many great players, many great coaches before us, good people. Um, and, you know, we were just, just part of the journey, man. I could sit here and, and probably go through all 14 games you played in 05, right? Wow. From, from the opener against Delta State, right, to the game yeah. at Texas A&M, you know, where if a couple of calls go your way, maybe that game ends up differently. Um, you know, we can, the, talk, we, we can talk about all the games, but Nickel State. <laughs> I cannot beat Nickel State for the life of me, for whatever reason. Right? We had some rough, some rough matches with those guys down in Thibodeau. But the only thing I'll say about that game, Barrick, was the timekeeper. I think really uh, impacted the game there in Thibodeau. So I'm going to leave it at that. All right, we'll leave. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Right? But but, but you know, getting back to get, I mean, I, we're not going to go through all 14 games. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was kind of kidding there. But there were so yeah. many memorable games, right? Absolutely. You know, I mentioned Delta State. It was a Division II team. You didn't exactly blow them out of the water. People were wondering, well. Maybe this will be a down year, and, and really it kind of lit a spark, you know, in the team. I thought, you know, the game, again, at A&M, you, you, you blew up McNeese at home, would have been a perennial, you know, Southland Conference powerhouse. Uh, the win against Sam in overtime to win the title, the playoff game against Georgia Southern, you know. Um, for you, those 14 games, all the moments that came in between, one, what did that season mean to you personally? And two, what was your favorite moment? What did that season mean to me? It was a tremendous accomplishment. Um, 
you know, we had a saying back then that we live for each other. We had a lot of seniors on that team. And um, I really wanted it to be special for my teammates. You know, I felt like, you know, myself, Fred Evans, you know, we had a few guys that knew we may have an opportunity to play a little bit of football after this. But we want to leave a legacy, right? There's so many players that didn't get the recognition. You didn't hear their names. You know, you didn't hear the Randy Moser name being called on Saturday. Um, the Luke Hoarders, the Thomas Care stories of the world, the Walter Musgroves. He was a, he was a hell of a defensive back, by the way. But I, I truly wanted it the success for my teammates, and we truly lived for each other. Um, so we wanted the year to be special. Um, one of the most memorable moments was probably that Georgia Southern game. I mean, they came out and jumped on us. Um, I just remember, I never felt like we were gonna lose the game. I mean, I believe there was like a, it was like a third and 25 or something and Damon Williams ran a little post route to convert and we were off and running. But um, the guys believed in me, I believed in them and we never thought we would lose that game. Um, so yeah, that, that was probably a special moment. Outside of going to AM, although we lost that game, um, people say we caught them at a bad time with the Hurricanes and um, it took us a, a, a half to kind of get going. But, you know, playing in that stadium in front of all those fans was pretty special too. And we gave them a run for their money. You were an incredible player, you know, Barrick, uh, obviously, as you kind of chronicle, you know, your career. Um, and then, you know, you uh, you go undrafted, but you get a chance to go to NFL, you know, training camps and your career winds up in Canada. You're there for a while. I think you ended up playing most of your career in Calgary. What, once your playing days were over, why did you decide to stay in football? For some guys, when they hang up the shoulder pads, it's off to, you know, getting in the business world or just something else other than the game. But you decided to, to remain remain in football. Why was that? Well, honestly, it wasn't by choice. I mean, I'm a firm believer that God kind of orders your steps. Um so my biggest thing was, you know, people people forget, you know, I, I left school and didn't have a degree. So this is all part of my testimony. I mean, I, you know, I left school after the, the fall in 2005. Um, so in that aspect, I didn't have a plan. Um, and after playing my last year in Canada, we as a family, we just felt like, you know what? I've had my fun with this. I was a part of a couple of great cup teams and we really wanted to get back to San Marcos and, and, and you know, get our family back home. And, and that's what we did. Didn't really have a plan. You know, when I look back on it now, it, it wasn't the smartest idea, <laughs> but my wife is amazing. Um, we figured it out, you know, with family and friends and a lot of people don't know this and, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say it. Um, I received a phone call one day. I, I pick up the phone, and the first thing I hear is, write down my credit card number, go back and finish school. You want to guess who that who that guy was on the other side of that call, Brent? 
Man, Barrick, I, I, I'm I'm my brain right now. David Bailey, of course Bayless. it was. David Bailey, man. Um, so I needed 20 hours to kind of finish my degree, and I knocked it out. Um, got it done. You know, Coach Bailey always told me, you, you need to be coaching. You need to coach. You need to coach. I said, I don't want to coach. I wanted to to get off into the business world and, and, and do some other things. And um, But shortly after finishing that degree, opportunities started coming my way. And, I, you know, like I said, this is my testimony to my players. I, I, I tell them my story all the time. And uh, um, I was – was probably going to be hired by Tom Herman. Um, it was right after that, his first fall in Austin. He was going to hire me January 1. Dana Demo called me December 15th. And the convenient thing would have been to stay here locally and commute up to Austin. But as a family, we say, you know what, I felt like Dana really needed me out there to start something from the bottom up. And looking back on it, it was the best decision I ever made. I went in as player development. Every year, he put more and more on my plate. He went from player personnel director to director of recruiting to special assistant to the head coach. And, um, you know, and shortly after that, I mean, all of a sudden, I'm getting calls from Jeff Trailer. I want, I, I, you know, the first thing he said was, I didn't know Jeff. He said, I keep hearing your name out here. I want you to come work for me. So um, I ended up leaving the UTEP and coming back to work for him year one in San Antonio. I was only there for a month because Demo called me back and said, I need you to coach. And Jeff Trailer said, Barrick, if you were my son, I would tell him to do it. Like, you have to do it. You can always come back off the field, but but you need to give it a shot to see if you, see if you love it. And that's what I did. I went back to UTEP, coached running backs, and – here I am today, man. So it's it, it's been truly a journey, um, but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I've learned a lot. I've been around a lot of good people. I think that's the key. I've always been around good people, and it started way back in high school. You know, um, going to the University of Houston. You know, playing for Dana Demo, who I've been working for the past six years, and making the transition to San Marcos and bailiff and trailer and you know now gj you know and it's amazing to see how all those guys are connected you know coach trailer and gj are so it's just you know i tell my kids all the time just just make sure you're around good people if you take care of people treat people the way you want to be treated life will has a funny way of taking care of you um but it's, it, it's been a great journey, man. It's been pretty sweet. That is an, you know, an incredible uh, touch on it there, you know, Barrick, and, and, and so well said as well, you know, and it's it's remarkable that how your careers come full circle, you know, from the height of your playing career in St. Marcus now back, you know, as a part of the coaching staff as this program really starts to take off. Last one I got for you, and I kind of mentioned it at the beginning, and I want to, you know, add the caveat that you're an extremely humble person. Um, but when you do hear people reference you as you know one of the greatest players in the history of the program in that 05 year being as special as it was, you know, and then you see the way the fans reacted when you announced you're coming back and you see the GOAT emojis, you know, social media about it. Um, what does it mean to you to be held in such high regard 
and I know you're going to thank your teammates and your coaches and the great people around you just referenced. I know that's where this is going, but what, what does it mean to you when you see people uh, hold you as high as they do when it, when it relates to Texas State? Oh, man. Got chills, man. You almost, a tear almost came down. Um, it means the world. I mean, all my life, man, we've, um, it hasn't always been easy. You know, a young kid out of inner city Dallas and, I always wanted to make my mom and my grandmother proud. Um, and the way this community embraced me as a young player um, is something I'll never forget. Um, it means a lot. I mean, I, now I have the opportunity to um, to share something with my kids, you know, to... to to be able to say, look what daddy did. That's important to me. Uh, and not just my kids. I mean, the kids in this community, I want. that's something I'm proud of. Um, so to see all of that, I'm truly humble. It means a lot. Um, but I hope, I hope it, it, it encourages somebody else. Um, you know, all my life I was told, you can't do this. You can't do that. And here I am today. I mean, I'm just grateful. Thankful. You know, Barrett, my uh, broadcasting career started in 2003, the same year you were first at Texas State. Yeah. You know, and uh, so I've had a chance to uh, cover your coaching career, follow you beyond your days at Texas State. And, you know, to see you accomplish everything that you had is, is so special, you know. Um, you have a lot of people that are proud of you. I'm one of them. You know, I'm, I'm uh, so happy that, uh, you know, life has brought you back to say Marcus in Texas state. Cannot wait to see, you know, kind of hit the ground running here now that you're back and, uh, welcome back home, Barrick and congratulations on what's been a tremendous, you know, life and career for you to this point. Thank you. Thank you, man. Sorry about the tears, man. <laughs> It's surreal, man. I love this place, and uh, I appreciate Coach Kenny so much, man, for making it happen for me. And, you know, um, I'm going to put my best foot forward every single day and and work hard. So I'm, I'm excited and can't wait to get going. Well, that will wrap up what has been a very special edition of the States Up podcast. Cannot thank Barrick enough for joining us and uh, really pouring his heart and soul into the podcast here today. You know, just a, a great man and uh, so happy to have him back as a part of the Texas State football family. Barrick, again, thanks so much. And I look forward to uh, more conversations in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. You got it. With that again, Barrick Neely, our guest in the State Sub Podcast. For Barrick, I'm Brian Freeman, proudly reminding you, as always, to keep your states up. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>